Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhetoric. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you for kind of being part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today, as usual. Well, New York, the new governor or new governor to be of New York came out, and she sounds good. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP. Bridge says, Egberto Willis, did you see my message? New York governor, new governor was Mado. Oh, no, I didn't see that note. I'll go look for it at the next video. Okay, welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, Nanette Bird, Smith, hi all, she says. And of course, AVQ, a.k.a. Michael Rudnan. Let's go ahead and get started. But before we get started, what are we going to talk about today? Here is what we are going to talk. Vamos a hablar de esto hoy. We're going to talk about this today. Today we're going to talk about Greg Abbott neutered. Infrastructure bills, folks, let's get prepared. It's going to be all. But if it's not all, it is nothing. At some point, we have to make sure that that which is passed supports the poor and the middle class. Not just a group of people that when things go right, everything happens correctly. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I did a long video on that, and then I want to... Go about it in more detail, so it's going to be the last video that I play. And, of course, we have the Saki Ducey Chronicles. I mean, Saki did a good one today. I, I, I had to do it, man. I had to do it. But anyhow, let's see. May Wood, welcome aboard, hermano. Rose William, welcome aboard. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Please remember, if you're just getting here, share, share, share. That is, how we that is how we ensure the message gets out there. We've got to share because the mainstream media, they don't, have to they don't have to worry about that. They just throw in the broadcast and boom, it goes. But we need to create our own momentum. We have to create our own inertia. So folks, please, if you're watching me right now, I beg of thee to share and also, not only now, not only our videos, but our, our blogs, etc., etc., etc. All right, let's get started. Michael Rowan says, I'm away at friend's place. Quick share, then away. You're leaving us, Michael? We can't do without you, brother. Sunrise Movement phone banking event is happening today. For anyone who's good on the phone, this is your time to shine. With your effort, let's make the Green New Deal a reality. Yes, and I'm glad that we have good people out there telling people about the Green New Deal and not the fallacy, the fantasy, the, the crappy things that you hear on TV about it. Because it is real. It is real. It is real. Okay, let's continue with what Rodnan has to say here. It's grim. The latest UN report is clear. Climate change is here. It is a crisis and it's caused by fossil fuels. And cattle agriculture, time almost up where humanity can do something about global warming while nations posture themselves for net zero by 2050, which is 20 whole years late to matter. I am losing hope about the future. Don't. The new generation is coming. The new generation is coming and I have faith in you guys like I have had in no other. I speak to too many millennials and young Gen Xers to know that this old, I like to call myself one of the older Gen Xers. In reality, I'm on the cusp of Gen X and, and Baby Boomer. But Baby Boomer, we have given ourselves such a name these days with what we've allowed Reagan to accomplish over the last 30-odd years, near 40 years, brothers and sisters. I am leaving my hopes 
in my millennial brothers and sisters, my younger Gen Xers, and we know those Gen Zs, they are coming, I mean, those Gen Ys are coming to eat it up. And Gen Zs. All right, let's see. I'm losing hope, so don't, don't, don't. From the article, climate change has arrived, in other words, and it will keep getting worse until humanity reduces its greenhouse effect. You know what is so easy to explain to people? It's a feedback loop. So we keep burning, burning, burning. We keep ignoring. We keep living in a land of fantasy. And what we get is the effects of global warming. And it will naturally reduce the world's population. It will naturally reduce all those polluters. And it will clean itself up. That's the thing about the cycles. If we keep it up, it will just destroy us. And then there will be a rebirth. So we determine... What kind of rebirth we want? Do we want a violent rebirth? Where, the, where nature just comes and wipes things out and then leave a small amount of people to do what needs to be done? Or do we want a methodical decrease that helps things? Michael Rudden in Turkey fires. It took only a few minutes. Raging forest fire in southern Turkey have caused huge devastation with many people losing their homes and possessions. And some their lives. One of my local friends just came back from vacation. He was staying nearby where the fires were burning. I swear it feels like half the world is burning. It's the north now, brothers and sisters. But yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Rand Paul suspended from one week for one week on YouTube over COVID-19 mass claims. The First Amendment is about protecting the people from Congress and government in general. It's not about protecting congressmen from the consequences of their actions. What's an American libertarian who doesn't understand the Constitution worse than a hypocrite? But it's worse than that. This guy is a doctor. Yes, I know it's an eye doctor, but he's a doctor. He should understand science. Masks don't work. Viruses have a certain diameter. Viruses have body you put restrictions in front of that virus, that which is holding things together, it gets into the interstitials of the mask and it's held. It's held long enough and it dies. It's science. It is science. <sighs> the multiplicative power of masks and explorable easy on how masks can end. Libertarians can't seem to grasp that masks prevent your germs from being spread around and that if everyone wore masks there's a this pandemic would have been over in meses months we know that we could have ended this before it even spread but the right wing and those who follow the right wing are directly responsible for the unmitigated ignorance that allowed this stuff to fester longer than it needed to. All we have to do is understand what responsible leadership did. When Ebola made itself available, we knocked it out because everywhere it showed up, we quarantined, we did what was necessary to put that fire out. It never became what it could have become because there wasn't an incompetent leadership. All people, all institutions, whether what, irrespective of what the governor has to say, 
any institution by hook or crook who doesn't say humanity comes first, we are instituting vaccine requirements and mask requirements. They are not leaders. They are inherently complicit in the deaths of many. All right, uh, two more from Michael, I guess. Michael, boy, you really load us up today, guy. What full FDA approval could change about COVID vaccination? There are three times as many authoritarians in the United States than there are libertarians. Authoritarians won't get vaccinated unless specifically told to do so by way of vaccine mandates. That's a big deal. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Senate passes $1 trillion infrastructure bill, handing Biden a bipartisan win. We're going to talk about that today, so I won't read the whole of that. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigns. We spoke about that yesterday. All right. Bridge MCP gives history of New York and men's failure. Oh, yeah. Maddo, I saw Maddo last night when she did it. Actually, it was a great, great intro. You know, I've been, a, I've been into this thing where I'm like, I want to be led by women for a change, you know? I want women presidents, women prime ministers, women senators. I mean, penises have failed us too often now. I'm ready for the next side to start governing. I'm, I'm really ready. Please, take it up, ladies. Take it up. Let's get busy. Uh, let's see uh, what we got here. Bridge MCP says, what I sent Egberto short history of men in power in New York. And why did women have to wait for all these bad men? Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Bruce, we use too much energy. Yes. We don't have to use near the energy. I've been uh, reducing my footprint for a long time. All our lights in this house are LEDs. We don't have any incandescent lights. We, last time we changed out our uh, air conditioner, we went ahead and got a better sear, uh, sear rating. And whenever I can afford it, which is not anytime soon, I don't think, I'll get me an electric car. But in the interim, my car is fairly efficient. New video at Senator White House is a strong message to insurance industry. It's time to wake up and show up. Stop underwriting fossil fuels expansion and phase out insurance for existing fossil fuels. From E2247. Uh, Bruce Pollard says, sudden change is the only way. Agreed, brother. Agreed. Rose William, he's an eye doctor who certified himself. That explains it all. Bridge MCP, drastic change is scary but has always worked out for me. And for me. So we are kin, kin spirits, my beautiful Bridge MCP. Trans Mountain p p uh, Pipeline, Edmonton to Vancouver must get insurance by a August 31st. Without insurance, this disaster for sand pipe can't go ahead. And who would be foolish enough to insure it? So I guess it's going to stop. Okay, para ver quién más está aquí. Pandemic would not, this is from Rose Williams. Pandemic would, not, would be not only over, but variants wouldn't have occurred. Exactly. If we had all those masks on. If U.S. Senate does not pass uh, S-1 for the People Right Act Census Bureau, the GOP legislature will start gerrymandering district lines. And they can legislate a permanent Minority ruling the majority. A lot of people don't get it. Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. Happy hump day. Thank you so kindly, my dear. Uh, sorry I'm late. Hey, you're here. 
I'm just honored to have you all here. Somebody wants it darker. Bruce Pollard. Bridge MCP says, Julie Van Asdel, clean dog on hump day. All right. Continue. Let's continue. Oh, wow. You guys have a lot of messages still. Uh, Julie Van Asdel, let's see what else we got here. Egberto, haha, great quote. Penises fail us too many times. I mean that. I mean that. I want women in charge. I think we will start seeing differences. Women wouldn't look and say we can't afford health care because they understand what it's like to be up with their kids in the aggregate. Women won't say, how can we afford a war and cannot afford that we have to create a war on health care, a war on drugs, a war. And I don't mean the kind of war men fight on drugs. I mean a war of compassion, right? Welcome aboard, Anthony Ike Eichberger. Why is nobody talking about sustainable agriculture and move, moving more food production indoors? We are now. You just started it. Uh, you may be new here, Anthony. This is your show, Anthony. And if you want to talk about something, Anthony, you bring it up and we talk about it. If you take a look at how Brother Michael Rodnan commands the beginning of this show because he brings a lot of topics that, if he brings it, I assume other people have interest in it, and I put minds on hold for a bit, and I get busy on bringing things out because it is your show. Thank you for bringing that. Talk to us a little bit more about uh, sustainable agriculture. Bring links that our people, that our, our visitors can see what you're talking about. This is media for you. This is media to enlighten you all, all of us, with things that's not always on the mainstream media enough or at all. So, come on, Anthony. Welcome to the family. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Rose, I agree with you about overconsumption of meat, but we need to move fruit and vegetable production indoor to keep our food supply alive when Mother Nature punishes. All right, bring us some links and some talk, Anthony. Love what you're bringing so far. All right, let's go for the joke of the day. The joke of the day is what happened with Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey. I just love how this turned out. Let's go ahead and play this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Hermanos y hermanas, vamos a oírlo ahora. Sometimes it seems like Jen Psaki is all queued up and ready for the question that uh, El Señor Peter Ducey is going to have for her. The interesting thing about it is, we know that's not true, right? But it's almost like she got his questions, or maybe she have a camera on his questions or something like that. But anyhow, Ducey wanted to give uh, to assign blame for people's hesitancy to, to take the vaccine based on a few things that he said. Let's go ahead and play it, and then we'll take it on the other side. As the president tries to reach unvaccinated Americans, has there been any thought given, looking back, uh, to the possibility that he may have created some vaccine hesitancy when last year, around this time, the previous administration was rushing to get a vaccine authorized, and the now president said, I trust vaccines, I trust scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump, and at this moment, the American people can't either. 
Well, I think it's safe to say he still doesn't trust Donald Trump, so that hasn't changed. But he does trust scientists, he does trust data experts, and he does trust the people leading the CDC, the FDA, uh, which is the gold standard of approval for vaccines. I'd also note, because this question often comes up, that the president has repeatedly given credit to uh, scientists and experts from the prior administration, uh, even as recently as just a few weeks ago, for their role in moving the vaccine forward. Yes, but at the time when Donald Trump is out there saying we're going to have a vaccine in the next couple weeks, next couple months, and Joe Biden is out on the campaign trail saying don't trust Donald Trump, did that create any kind of vaccine hesitancy? Not that we've seen in the data. I would note that at the time, just for context, the former president was also suggesting people inject versions of poison into their veins to cure COVID. So I think that's a relevant and, point. And Joe Biden, then vice president, was saying, we got to wait until something is fully authorized, and it's still not. Well, the FDA works on the timeline and of science. At the same time, we've also seen tens of millions of people's lives saved who have gotten the vaccine. That data is clear across the country. Well, isn't it silly? Uh, the president, the current president, Biden, said earlier on, he said he wouldn't trust Donald Trump, but he does trust the scientists. I think that's all you can expect. And somehow that is supposed to mean people don't take the vaccine because it was developed under Donald Trump, even though the, the, that's absolutely not what Biden said. It's amazing how infantile Peter Ducey is not to realize where the other question is going. When she comes back and she says, the president, there are things that don't change or hasn't changed. The president still doesn't trust Donald Trump. And then he comes back and he says, but yes, um, don't you think the president is still responsible for not telling people that the, the vaccine was absolutely safe, etc., etc.? Left the door wide open for what she did. Well, please remember, why would you want to trust somebody who was suggesting that one would inject bleach and other things into one's body? I mean, that was like a knockout punch. Not only a knockout punch for us having a little fun with, but just to show how silly the right is, and instead of working on trying to have their people take the vaccines, instead of working to really, they're the ones that those people believe in. The right-wing radio, right-wing TV, those people that are denying the vaccine mostly watch them. They listen to the things that they put out. They listen to the misinformation, to the lies, to the conspiracy theories that is where you should be putting your energy not to ask if do you think these guys are hesitant because of biden are you trying to say that your people are that shallow i don't think so try talking to them directly and stop asking silly questions to jen Psaki. exactly right stop asking silly questions to jen Psaki. all right before i go to the next subject let me see what we got here uh Let's see, we got uh, Rose Williams is welcoming Anthony to the fold. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? We chat sometimes, link to our story and share and learn. Exactly, that's what we do, uh, Anthony. So thank you for showing up. Here is an op-ed piece authored on, on progressive food production that could be included in the next form bill. You know, that gives me, that, get, get, that teased me. You tease me, the 2023 form bill, a hidden panacea. Uh, folks, this is uh, Anthony just contributed this, and since Anthony is new, he gets his contribution. 
onto the screen right away. Please check out that article that he's talking about. The article is called The 2023 Farm Bill, A Hidden Panacea. Every demographic can prosper from elevating up from elevating the upcoming renewal of American agriculture funds. Oh, those those fruits and vegetables look so tasty. Including it includes even growing on rooftops and 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 all rest in between. Oh, that's an article I'm gonna to want to read. Uh, it looks like an article well worth the read. Thank you for the submission, Anthony. Okay, let's see, Bridge, let's see. It's like a punch and Judy show. Let's see. John Smith, so she is lying. Uh, is she lying? What is she lying about? Please let me know, John Smith. Uh, Ducey is going to get a new name soon. I know. It should, we, uh, we know. Uh, let's see, Bridge, we can only hope. Lying on what? We are all asking what is, is she lying about. Okay, uh, Jen Psaki would make an excellent president. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think she's too good with words. <laughs> Uh, because, yeah, it's too good. Daniel Ledo, Egberto does love to repeat lies. Trump never endorsed injecting bleach. No, Trump endorsed putting lights through your body. He, 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 he also talked about these putting chemicals into your body because they found that these chemicals kill things. He just does, the guy was just dumb. He doesn't understand biology. Uh, Eric, I saw your note that you sent me on Eric Biden, naked pictures with a prostitute in, in Russia, all that good stuff. I want to remind everybody, Hunter Biden is not the president. Joe Biden is. And many people have problem children. And not because they have problem children means anything other than they've got problem children. So the concentration, you know, if I were to compare the damage done by Hunter Biden compared to other children of children of presidents, starting with Donald Trump's and others, Donald Trump's children, they, they themselves being rip-off artists, but we could go on to other things, it would be crazy. It would be crazy, okay? So let's leave the kids alone or the children alone. Let's judge presidents on what presidents do. Trying to muck it up by saying, oh, look at what Hunter Biden did. Uh, doesn't hold any weight, you know. I mean, if I talk about what President Reagan's kids did, if I talk about what Bush's kids did, if you take a look at, if you separate the kids into what their, what their you know, uh, their, their, their moral and social values are, it'd be interesting. Because you'd go to President Reagan's kids, right? And you'd say, oh, he has a ki one kid that stripped. He had another kid that, uh, a kid that, completely hates him. That is a, is a kid that I think is, um, I don't remember, it's Ronald Reagan is his name, Ron Reagan Jr. He cares nothing about conservatism. In fact, he knocks his president on that. And he has an older sister, I mean, older brother that just turned back, you know what, crazy. So that is the Reagans. Then we go with the Bushes. Well, Bush had Bush too, who, oh, should we really give him hell for taking coke for running away from the military, that was Bush's kid. And he Bush's had some brothers that have some issues as well. Now let's go to who came after Bush one? Clinton. Well, look at Clinton's kid. She has turned out to be one hell of a kid, haven't she? No trouble, always mannerly, all of the times, does a lot of uh, uh, things for society, does a lot of uh, volunteering, etc. Hmm, okay. 
And even we go back to Carter. Oh, wait, Carter. Amy Carter. Amy Carter was a radical activist. Always getting arrested for a cause. Doing something positive for society. Um, who are the other ones? Okay, now I tell you, Bush too. His daughters. I like both of Bush's daughters. Ironically, the rumor is both of them are Democrats now. I don't know, but that's what the rumor is. And they all went to the University of Texas at Austin, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. My school, you know. But uh, but uh, President Bush does have two. I, I, I put President Bush's two daughters in the same realm as I put President Obama's two daughters. Very well cultured, very moral girls, always in. I, I remember seeing uh, Bush's daughter in Jamaica among the folks and talking about doing some positive things. Those those are very good young ladies, President Bush's two daughters. And I think it has a lot to do with who their mother is because, uh, you know, you may not like President Bush, but Miss Bush, I think both Mrs. Bush and the older Bush uh, was were, were very good people. So that's that's my take. You can disagree with it, but that's my take. But I think all in all, if you were to put a lineup of kids – I kind of believe that the the conservative kids kind of, on the most part, except for the Bushes and a couple others, didn't fare so well. All right. Maywood, speaking of more women in change, when New Zealand became the first country to give women the right to vote, a week after our civil war ended, they said that women would civilize politics and make it work better. Look at New Zealand and uh, is it the, 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 the lady who is the president of New Zealand? Is it New Zealand or Australia? New Zealand. I forgot her name right now. But look how great she kept her country clean from COVID because she knew how to do it. She nurtured her country. Anthony Aiki Eigenberg, thank you for the share, Egberto. Absolutely so, my brother. Absolutely. We Look, we love, we get new people in. We get old people in. We get all people in. We love them, left, right, or whatever. And you can see everybody will tell you the same here. Everybody gets respect and opportunity. Tom C., Michigan Border Patrol agents accuse a routine racial profiling of Latinos. If you speak Spanish or some other foreign language, you are more likely to be questioned. Search at Canadian border. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that I lived it. There's somebody who I wrote on a, a board about, you know, cops. And they really, it's, a, it's a person who watches a show who reads my blog. And he likes, he actually likes us here. And he really let me have it because he thought, some of the things that I had to say about the police just were wrong. I don't know if you're here today, sir, but if you're here, I would love to talk to you. We're going to continue the conversation. We continued the back and forth conversation, and that is how you really get things done. Again, he disagreed with me. I completely disagree with him. I think, however, his disagreement has to do with not looking at things through my skin, through my eyes, through what I've lived through. But we're going to talk about it. Carl Cox. Egberto didn't lie. Trump stated at press conference that cleaning solutions could be drank or injected. <laughs> we don't call people names Carl Cox. I try my best not to. Sometimes I slip and I ask for forgiveness when I slip on air. Hey, Jen Psaki is a mouth for Biden. Yes, she is, since he can't speak for himself. <laughs> All right, Eric. I know what you want to do, Eric. It's not going to work, though. That's fine. Julia Van Astel, those compromising pictures have been out for months. Yes, they have. Carl Cox, Trump never said to ingest or inject anything like Clorox. Uh, should I bring the should I bring the tape for you guys? 
Maybe I need to bring the tape to let you believe what you're seeing is real. I will. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Action. Disaster tar sands pipeline can't go ahead because of insurance. Love you, E2247. Thanks for bringing that up. Eric says, Hunter News not reported on based on purpose to embarrassing. For no, it's not reported because there's no news value to it. It, it will be reported by the tabloids. That's where it belongs. It doesn't belong in the New York Times or for me talking about it. Do you, have you ever heard me, except for when you guys bring it in, talk about, uh, about Trump's kids because of uh, something they did outside of the realm of politics? You haven't heard that. Why are you fixated on Hunter? He's fixated on Hunter because they're looking for something to embarrass the president. All right, uh, let's see what else we got here. Agree, John Smith. Let's continue. Let's continue. I am going to... Okay, what I'm going to do now, people, my brothers and my sisters, it's 3.30, so this is the time that I ask you to support us. Please click on the Join button if you are on YouTube. I ask you so kindly. That is how we support this show. That is how we can make sure this show can continue. So far, I have 301 official, or 303, I don't know which one, official people that have joined uh, our YouTube or YouTube posse. I need 1,000. So I ask you so kindly, click that join button and choose one of the options to become an official member of the PDR posse. Please do so at, again, we, we really would love to get a hell of a lot more members. Alternatively, we have a lot of other options in which to support us. You can also support us by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support. politicsdoneright.com slash support. And it gives you several options in which to support this platform to make sure we can have a platform that's out there telling the truth. And you, when, you, when I talk about telling the truth, you're going to see in the next video that I'm going to play about the infrastructure projects. I need you to stick around. That video, I need you to see. I need to reinterpret something that was said by, uh, by uh, Stephanie Rule about the infrastructure and trying to give some fears about the $3.5 trillion thing. So stick around. I want you to see. But also, please become members. Click that Join button, become a member, or go to politicsandright.com support. Or all, you can also get our books. Those books that you see scroll on the screen all of the times, uh, please consider getting my books. I promise you, you will get something out of these books. I'm going to put those books on the screen again after you see the cup that was designed by Bridge MCP, our lead, one of our leaders in the posse that we're still building. And there's a link to the cup if you'd like to get the cup. All right. That was two minutes of asking you to support the show. And one last time, please, please support the show. I want you to listen to this video. And I was going to talk about, uh, I was going to talk about the, the governor, but let's talk about this first. And then if we have time, we talk about the governor. Uh, let's get busy. Go. If there's any doubt whatsoever why it is imperative that going forward, Democrats in the House do not pass a bipartisan bill until the human infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion bill, is passed. This particular interview gives a perfect example as how weak 
weak Democrats have a tendency to acquiesce to the fallacy, acquiesce to the false notions of an economy working for just a few. Or, in effect, they support an economy that will just work for a few. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Consumer prices soared 5.4% in July compared to this time last year. That's the same number we saw in June, which was the highest jump since the Great Recession. This comes after the Senate passed the bipartisan infrastructure deal, with 19 Republicans joining all Democrats. And overnight, Senate Democrats passed their budget resolution without any Republicans, moving quickly to get another three and a half trillion bucks in new spending passed in their second proposal, which could risk overheating the economy. Jason, what is your reaction to the new inflation numbers? And we're aware they're coming from when things were way down because of the pandemic. But let's be honest, prices are way up and people certainly feel it. Yeah. Look, last week we were talking about how jobs were way up. Today we're talking about how prices are way up. You know, to some degree, those are related. The United States had a huge, huge policy response to COVID. That policy response is creating jobs at a really rapid clip. Um, it's also contributing to this inflation. Yeah, some of this is supply side, some of this is base effects, but we're seeing a lot more inflation in the United States than in Europe. That's because we did a lot more in response. Congressman, the White House argues that inflation is just short term. But with the midterms just over a year away, those short term effects could be devastating at the polls. How do you convince voters that Democrats have been good for their wallets? When you go to kitchen tables, all people are talking about are prices. Well, first to Jason's point, uh, it's, which I think was spot on, is people are back to work. And if you look at since we were during the height of the pandemic and where we are now, the good news is people are, are in jobs again. And, and I think we took smart bipartisan action, five bipartisan packages on COVID relief over the last 18 months, and it's working. You know, part of that, of course, is having its impact, and I think we need to be smart going forward. But if you look at what we did just yesterday on the bipartisan infrastructure package, Stephanie, Democrats and Republicans uh, coming together, including 19 Republican senators, and we're going to see uh, similar action in the House with uh, a bipartisan support for a infrastructure package. That's also key to our economic growth, and that's why it, that also was very smart policy. That means making sure that we can compete not only with China, but that we have roads, bridges, tunnels, water, all all the things that we need to actually grow our economy in the United States. And we get those shovels in the ground and people work there, two million jobs a year. All that's gonna help move things forward. And that's how we're gonna not only win as a country, but I think the Democrats will win strongly in, uh, in two years. But that's not the only thing Democrats are working on, immediately working on another three and a half trillion dollars of spending. Jason, I know you're not a politician, but you are part of the Obama White House. Is Biden's economic team rolling the dice on inflation to get infrastructure passed, or are they not worried about it at all? That extra three and a half trillion, that could crush us in terms of short-term inflation. I'm not worried about that package uh, in terms of inflation, Stephanie. Inflation is usually the Fed's job. Um, the Fed has been assigned by Congress the job of price stability. They should respond to the inflation numbers appropriately to achieve that goal. If you look at that reconciliation bill, a bunch of that bill is paid for. It's spread out over time. Some of it will increase the productive capacity of the economy, for example, enabling more parents um, to work. So I think you should look at it and ask yourself, as a country, do we need preschool? Do we need paid leave? Do we need investments in education? If your answer is yes, 
um, then you should support that legislation. I would not worry about inflation for something like that. There's a ton of really good things in that human infrastructure plan. But, Congressman, former President Trump, he was Mr. Real Estate. He said, I'm going to get infrastructure done. He didn't. Biden just did it in a big bipartisan way. Are Democrats risking losing this massive accomplishment on the one trillion dollar bill if you go too big with the three and a half trillion behind it? I think we should be voting right away on that infrastructure package in the House. Um, and, you know, I am concerned, whereas uh, I agree that a lot of the policies are critically important. I'm concerned about the size and scope of, of a reconciliation package. And I think we have to be cautious about that. Um, and, and there's a way to do this in the right way, in a targeted way. I'm concerned to make sure that uh, taxes don't go up uh, and, and that we handle this appropriately. And I think there's a way to do that, but it's going to take us working together uh, to make that happen. And you're right, Stephanie, let's let's take a big victory lap, uh, not just Democrats, but Democrats and Republicans uh, for what got done yesterday in the Senate and what I'm hoping will get done very quickly in the House. Well, what does cautious mean? Because your caucus wants the standalone vote on the bipartisan bill. But when it comes to the three and a half trillion, we always point to Joe Manchin saying he's the guy. He doesn't want the other bill. He doesn't like that big price tag. And people often assume that Speaker Pelosi has got all Democrats in the House on board for the three and a half trillion. Are you? Would you vote for it today? Well, you know, we, we have a three seat majority in the House and I'm talking to a lot of my colleagues. And I think, one, we need to see actually what's in it, the specifics. Right. It's it's hard to say without seeing the details of what you're for or against. Um, on a, a macro perspective, there's lots of policies that Jason pointed to that I think are right um, in helping people. But I'm also concerned that that number is a, is very aggressive. I'm concerned to make sure that we if we do anything on the tax code, that SALT comes back to help Jersey and make things more affordable here in the Northeast. And and overall, the tax picture concerns me, and I want to look at that. But, you know, the, we're, we're a long way away, Stephanie, and I think the key here is to be very smart and judicious how we do this. Uh, and, and this is not something we should jam through. And, and I've made my you know, opinion with several of my colleagues pretty clear about that. The, the best thing we can do right now is vote on that bipartisan infrastructure package that came out of the Senate, bring it to the House, the Problem Solvers Caucus, work very closely with our bipartisan Senate colleagues to help get that done. And, you know, 20 percent of the GDP in the country runs through the Northeast. It's key that we actually have a tunnel that's not crumbling. It's key that we have uh, roads and rails that work. That's how we're going to stay competitive with China and globally and obviously how we're going to grow our economy at home. So let's let's take that big win for the country. And, and obviously we can take other steps, too. But let's look at those separately. Trying to, the naivete, the naivete of this congressman is astounding. First of all, uh, saying that because you've gotten 19 senators for a bipartisan bill makes it bipartisan is a joke. Based on the polls out there, we know that the Republicans in the Senate do not represent the will of their people when it comes to economic issues. And so is the case in the House as well. So trying to, to fight for a bipartisan deal uh, at all costs really means you are not supporting most Americans. It's a fallacy that bipartisanship means what's best for America or what America say they want. Now, there are five points that I want to put out there. Numero uno. In the inflation number looks high because it is being compared with deflated prices one year ago. It's great that Stephanie Rule pointed that out right up front. It's important. But Americans won't notice that 
if you have liars on TV not telling what Stephanie Rule just said, which is in fact that if you're moving from a lower base, the inflation number looks high. There is some inflation, but it's not really 5.5 or 5.4% based on where the, the, the prices were pre-pandemic. Now, there was a, a point that should have been picked up. Europe did less. Europe doesn't have as much inflation as the United States because they did less. And you know why Europe did less? Because Europe has a built-in, most of the countries in Europe, or just about all of them, have a built-in safety net. They have all some form of Medicare for all. They all have some form of, of, of payment to employees not to work. So, I mean... They're not, uh, they don't have the huge disparity among the kind of disparity that we have, even though they do have it as well. But at least the middle class and the poor are, for all practical purposes, able to maintain their dignity right now. Uh, if you look at Kingwood, where I'm at right now, there's somebody stuck in a hospital, or rather in an emergency room, because no hospital will take him, because no, the insurance doesn't compute Hospitals are full, and then, of course, this person likely went ahead and decided not to take the vaccine because you know who they are. So, I mean, let's be frank here. Europe is uh, less inflation because, again, they have a good safety net. Now, if the $3.5 trillion, uh, my third point, if the $3.5 trillion for things that we need and that are overdue will crush the economy, that tells you our economy is ineffective and our economy is wrong. Something that we've been preaching at Politics Done Right for a long time. We need to make very deep structural changes in this economy to ensure that it supports all as opposed to being what it has been very good for for the last 50 years. And that is transferring wealth from the poor and middle class to the wealthy. And when they talk about tax cuts, tax cuts, it always goes up the scale. Let's be frank. Let's be honest in the way we discuss this with people. Fourth item, a House Democrat saying they are concerned about raising taxes when those with capital are the least taxed is why Nancy Pelosi must not pass the bipartisan bill until the reconciliation bill is passed. Because the, many of these crooks in our, our politicians, I'm sorry, many of these guys We'll go ahead and get that pass and say it's just enough and, hey, look at inflation, it's too high. Oh, look at that, we're going to have... No, what we need to do is make sure we have to hold them accountable to the poor. We have to hold them accountable to the middle class. And numero uh, cinco, a Democrat saying this is not something we should jam through is naive and shows weakness after the middle class and poor have been jammed for decades. So, folks, let's get real here. No bipartisan infrastructure bill until we get humanity taken care of, until we get that humane infrastructure bill that says, parents, we're going to help you take, your take care of your children so you can go to work. We understand that our economic system has been a shoe, a boot on your neck for decades. So now we're going to take care and make sure that we make a system that is not equal, but is more equitable and gives all equal access to success. Those who work get the spoils from their work. Those who are parasites 
and have been parasites for decades, it is time for you to pay. My God, I've been saying all this stuff without sound. Oh my God, I am so sorry. Oh my God, and I said so much. Okay, this is, this is crazy. All right, I am so, I'm, all right, folks, I'm going about 10 minutes over because I didn't have sound on and didn't have a clue and the messages didn't tell me. Oh my God, I wish somebody had texted me. I wish somebody had texted me. I'm so sorry. Um, I am so sorry. Well, oh my God. I said so much. I said so much. Oh my God. Oh, I am so sorry, Breach. Guys, I am so sorry. All right. I am going to try again. Uh, I'm going to try again. All right. I started out by answering, huh, Why? Uh, Bridge, you need to have my personal phone number so you can call me. I'm going to put it in the, uh, I'm going to put it in the thing so that you can call me, Bridge. Uh, I am going to put it in the, oh God, I hate that. I'll, I'll I tell you what, I, I'll go into this. I, I'm going to talk about two things here. The first thing is somebody's asked me if I thought, if I thought that the two bills are going to be passed. My answer to them is, I think so, but I said if both of them did not pass, if both bills did not pass, then it turns out that uh, maybe we should go for broke. Maybe we should go for broke. Because, as I said before, when this bipartisan infrastructure bill is passed, the bipartisan infrastructure bill is passed for those people who are ready to work and have things the way it needs to be already. That's how it is. That's a fact. The bipartisan bill doesn't help the poor all that much. It doesn't help the marginalized all that much because they have problems that are systemic. Examples. Example. I'm going over today. I'm going over today because I'm sorry I didn't have the mic on. I need to explain this because I need to put this in the rest. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. If so, the person said, "Will both? Will Democrats just can everything?" I am saying at this point in time, progressives should simply say two bills or nothing, and I'll explain why. Because the people that are always asked, always asked to hold the bag. Because we can't get this passed, because this moderate won't vote for it, or this Republican won't vote for it. So please hold a while a little bit more. We constantly ask the poor and the lower middle class to do that. So no, this time we must have the $3.5 trillion. Why? Because if we want those lower class people, those poor people to take advantage of what the bipartisan bill has to have to offer, they have to be able to go to work. And what does that entail? That entails needing to have child care, needing to have health care, needing to have those things so that they can join those forces. We've constantly asked them time and time and time again, wait a minute, let's just do it for the moderates this time. A little bit of something is better than nothing. Well, they've been getting nothing for a long time. Look at the numbers. 
They have been getting nothing for the long time. It is time for us to give them not something, but the whole darn enchilada. $3.5 trillion is just the beginning. Based on what was stolen, based on what was transferred to the top for a long time, it is time. So therefore, we are going for broke progressives. Hear me out. If we get zero, it means Democrats will lose and lose big in 2022. If we get half of it, meaning just the, just the, uh, the bill, Democrats will lose in 2022. The only way Democrats win in 2022 is under two conditions. One is that both bills get passed and that either the, uh, the uh, SR1 gets passed, that the, the, voter, the, the change in voter, registr- uh, voter bill gets passed, or, or we make sure that all progressives, which is something they should do, go into all areas that are redistricted and make sure to vote. And make sure to talk to those people. Ask the first, not not talk to them, but what you have to do is first listen to them. Go into Brenham, Texas. Go into Giddens, Texas. Go into the Ozarks. Go into all these super red areas and purple areas. Go in there and then say the following. What is it that you want? You're not here to love me. I'm not here to love you. I am here to govern I am here to give you what you need. What is it that you need? They tell you that. Now answer me one other question. What is it that Republicans are doing for you? How have they made your life better by you voting for them? And after they explain that to you, then you ask them, what is it that I must give to you? This is what I am offering you. This is what I'm offering you. You will not win over most of the very deep ideological ones, but I'm telling you this from experience. You will win over quite a few. And in doing so, in doing so, what happens then is gerrymandering doesn't mean anything. If they pack something with a whole lot of Democrats and leave most of the Republicans out, Hey, big deal, because we are fighting for everybody. And like I told you, the story about, well, I'm not going to go over that story because I'm now very, very much over time, but I want to tell you this specifically, engage, engage, and engage. Look, for those of you who were able to stick around, thank you so kindly. I am going to, I'm going to clip this video and, and, and tied up together so that the version that we we replace on the internet will be in full and complete context. I very much apologize for having our missing, you know, for for talking to the screen with no volume for a very long time. Uh, But as they say, stuff happens. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out.
We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.